3: Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thank you so much for listening this week. Great show. Iron Eagle getting ready to call the NBA playoffs for Turner and Chris Long filling in for Sal Licata on Train Thoughts this week. So, uh, two very, very funny guests, two great spots. So, I hope you enjoy them. Before we get to it, I wanted to just remind you if you missed last week, Anand Verk was on the pod. Two weeks ago, Greg Gumbel. Three weeks ago, Troy Aikman. If you missed any of those, go into the archives, check them out, subscribe to the pod, and if you can leave a review on Apple, it helps tremendously, and, and rate it as well. All right, let's get right into it. Iron Eagle, followed by Train of Thoughts this week with Chris Long filling in for Salakata right here on the SI Media podcast. All right, joining me now, one of my favorites, coming off a phenomenal NCAA tournament. Now the NBA playoffs begin. Also has to deal with the Brooklyn Nets as they win the play-in game. One of the best play-by-play people
4: out there. Ian Eagle. Ian, how are you? Hey, Jimmy, great to be with you. I'm like, I'm like your Terry Gar, I feel like. Terry Gar. You can lean on me. You know I'm gonna be there. You know, you summon me, I appear. It, it's very simple. So Gar to went, Letterman.
3: I went through this recently with Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football, who comes on a lot. He said <laughs> that I was. We, he, I said he was my Regis. Yeah. You're going a little more old school Terry Garr. I'm going deeper. To me, it's like I like to have people on who I enjoy talking to. So if you're my yes. Regis, my Terry Gar, I'm you know, <laughs> I'm I put offended. you, I think you're more Martin Short. Martin Short's one of Ooh. the all time greats. You're yeah, more Martin Short. We'll give good you one. Martin Short.
4: Right, I'm going to take Martin Short. Let's, let's take Terry yeah. Garr off the board. Yeah. We'll go Martin I Short. am Martin Short. I can live with that.
3: Thank God for YouTube where you could just pop up. Martin Short on Letterman, <laughs> Martin Short on Johnny, Martin Short anyway, it's it's always gold.
4: Rabbit holes, a lot of rabbit holes. You get stuck yeah. in them, I get stuck in them. That's why TikTok can often dominate my nights where yes. I think, oh, I'm good, I'll just chill. And then I go down like some 40 minute, 40 minute session of TikTok yes. that, that I never should have entered in the first place. Yeah, it's
3: it's bad. I don't even want to get into what's going on in my TikTok world. It's just not it's just not <laughs> good. You watch one video of a pimple being popped and then they send you 50 videos of pimples being popped and
4: Yeah. You're trying to, you know,
3: it's not good. It's not There are not a lot good. of
4: a lot of pimples in the world, yes. Jimmy. Just get used to it. Exactly.
3: Now, you're not going to have a lot of free time because we have the NBA playoffs coming up. So you'll you'll uh, give us a little rundown here. You'll do them for Turner, but you also have yes. the Nets, right? On yes with the Nets uh So like, how does Tuesday night, Nets win the play-in game. They're going to play the Celtics, which should be a great series. Yep. How does that affect Ian Eagle exactly?
4: Yeah, well, so Nets-Celtics is going to be a very popular series, so they're going to get that national TV exclusive treatment as well. So, yeah, I'll be doing first round, second round for Turner. I'll try to mix in some net games if it works out schedule-wise. All in all, it, it's going to be fun. And right. I think the way the playoffs are lining up in the NBA this year – really good matchups, and a little bit of that mystery. The idea that a seven seed could win the whole thing is very realistic, and it just shows you how things are in the NBA right now. Miami had a fantastic regular season, yet nobody is really talking about them yeah. as a legitimate Eastern Conference contender. That's odd, but you feel the buzz around the league, and, and that's been the early narrative. Now, it it does feel like to me now, this could be the the New York
3: bias in me, although I'm not a Nets fan. But um, with LeBron out, it does seem like Kyrie and Durant will take centers. I I think they're going to be the show every night. I think Phoenix is there, too. I mean, they're they're so fun to watch. Um, But I think, you know, the Nets are really going to be center stage, I think, because of the way Kyrie can just light it up out of nowhere. And obviously, Durant, everyone knows, is the best player. So gonna uh, be. I think there's going to be tons of interest in, in Brooklyn in the playoffs.
4: Yeah, I think there's just a lot of national curiosity. And I don't judge everything off of the hot take shows and the debate shows. But the Nets do dominate conversation because of Durant and the fact that he is someone that can absolutely make you stop what you're doing to watch what he's doing. And then the Kyrie interest, which – From a basketball standpoint, he's gifted, and he does stuff that nobody else does. And then on the non-basketball side, you have the natural curiosity of him as an individual, and he seems to generate news all the time. So with that said, uh, there's no doubt they're, they're right smack in the middle of the national interest. Look, the Phoenix Suns deserve to garner attention. They're a really good team. And they're exciting, and they can win the title. Ja Moran has been tremendous this season, and I do think he moves the needle a bit now where people want to see what he's about and how he handles himself on the next big stage. You've got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, two excellent players. Maybe Boston goes on a run. Maybe it all comes together for them. And there are just plenty of other storylines. It's not limited to just those. I think the NBA is chock full of them. So
3: the Nets had two major things this season: with uh, James Harden getting traded, yep, and Kyrie with the vaccination status. Did this, Was this a bizarre? Did would you classify this as a bizarre Nets season? As someone who did all the games locally, or did that stuff not factor in really? And you just do the games and that's it, or
4: no? It was bizarre. Yeah, it was a bizarre season, and it was sectioned off in many ways because of the high expectations. Early on, how would they play without Kyrie? Keep in mind, Kyrie wasn't part of it for a good portion of the season. He wasn't playing in home games, as we know, because of his vaccination status. He wasn't playing in road games because the Nets made an early decision that they didn't want the constant distraction. Then injuries started to hit. Harden wasn't quite himself and Kyrie was welcomed in. They decided that he would be a part of the road games. He would practice with the team because that didn't fall under the mandate in New York City. Look, Jimmy, you know, because you live in the area, it was hard to follow. It didn't have a lot of rationale behind it. I'm all for what's fair is fair, and the idea that road players that were unvaccinated were playing at Barclays Center, And a home player that wasn't couldn't, and it made no sense. So to me, if you have a rule, fine. You follow that rule, and that's the end of it. It it just seemed like there there were too many loopholes involved. Eventually, Irving does come back. Harden gets completely disinterested and disillusioned with his situation, and they realize that it's irreparable. Durant's injured at that point, so he's not really around, and the stuff that was there – just kept growing and it never got solved. And eventually we know what happened. They made the deal with Philadelphia. You know, that's a whole other storyline, how that Embiid-Harden combination works in the playoffs and can Harden really get himself to a championship level? That's the one thing missing on his resume. Uh, So yeah, uh, to categorize it as bizarre is fair. With all that said, they ended up where they should end up, as the seventh seed. The reason why you're a one, two, three, four in the East or the West in the NBA playoffs is because you showed a consistency of winning, and the Nets never did. They never showed that strong five-week stretch where you knew what you were going to get. And even now, you're not quite sure what you're going to get. You know there are flashes of it, and there are certainly stretches of brilliance, but they have the other side of it too, where it just can appear discombobulated. So which team we get is going to be really interesting in these playoffs.
3: I would have loved to have seen Simmons come back for the place. I know he's got the back injury, but that would have, that would have really added some, uh, some, I mean, Harden has not played great for Philly
4: either. So. No, no, he, he, he didn't have Jimmy. He didn't have the lift. He didn't have that extra gear. And I noticed that this season you would get little bits of it here and there. But let's not forget, when he came to the Nets last season in the deal with Houston, where he forced himself out of the Rockets situation as well, he looked like an MVP. He just came in so full of life and was invested and was saying and doing all the right things. And somewhere along the way, maybe because he came back from the offseason out of shape, uh, the hamstring trouble, whatever it might be, or he just decided, hey, this wasn't for me, or the Kyrie stuff bothered him. Who knows? Yeah. nobody really knows i'm mm-hmm. not sure the nets completely know to be perfectly right. frank yeah. but he's now with Embiid, and you know this is a, a sink or swim scenario for him scenario oh, yeah, uh, yeah. i a- <laughs> worked in our first scenario there we go hat tip chris russo i'm a big believer <laughs> in addition by
3: subtraction too so i think even though they're not getting anything back with simmons not playing can end up yeah. benefiting, benefiting them in the long he, run
4: he is getting closer jimmy okay there, there I- is There is a possibility that this guy suits up. Now, keep in mind, if he does, you're talking about between 10 and 15 minutes a night. He's not going to be a starter. He's not playing 36 minutes. He would occupy a role that James Johnson had before he was released by the team. Uh, Defensive versatility, ball handler, someone that can get to the rim, that can initiate the offense, that can move the ball, and you can switch on anybody. And he would help them, don't get me wrong, but I don't think they're banking on it. But there is a chance that, that he makes an appearance here at some point in this first round. Now, you didn't do the Nets play in game on TNT on no.
3: Tuesday night, but Ali, uh, not it wasn't Ali, excuse me, it was Jared Greenberg had a strong sideline report on Ben Simmons' outfit made <laughs> out of lamb. Did you go to Ben Simmons? Where can I get that? Can I borrow it? What, a oh we yeah. in lamb maybe during the playoffs?
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I like to, to drape myself in lamb—that's uh, that's really my my go-to. Yeah, yeah it, it was a look mm-hmm. that uh, I'm not sure a lot of people could pull off, and some would question whether or not Ben pulled it off. But yeah. uh, it it was definitely a look. It, it felt like it was probably more appropriate for the Celtic series, the green, right. yes, for the yes. then for the play-in. But look, yeah. uh, he's he's got a stylist. I'm sure he's got uh, he's got a whole idea and plan of of how the outfits work i don't when understand you, it when you have lamb you don't wait you yeah you it. don't wait if yeah. you've got good fresh lamb
3: exactly you wear it <laughs> <laughs> exactly um one of the other things that came out of the play-in game in the other one which was the Timberwolves and the clippers the timberwolves won and celebrated like they had won the nba finals and the TNT studio crew of Ernie Johnson, <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal, Charles Barkley, and Kenny Smith had some fun with it. And what I wrote in, and we're going to listen to the clip in a second, but I just want to say what I wrote in my column today, which I found fascinating, is Shaq and Kenny and Chuck will make fun of anybody at any time. But even Ernie Johnson, who's thought of as like the nicest man in broadcasting, and even he got is. in on mocking them. But let's hear uh, a little snippet of what they had to say last night. Shall we play the clip for a sec?
1: Hey, I want to thank you guys for another great year. Man, <laughs> we just did a a, That was the quickest playoffs we've ever had. they were kissing
4: <laughs> babies. And stuff.
3: Damn! They were kissing babies, and we should have one shining moment with the two greatest fans <laughs> of that. Now they've cut, now they've gotten some flack from people saying let the people sell let the Timberwolves celebrate two playoffs in I think it's 24 years or 18 years or something like that. Where do you stand on
4: it? Well, first and foremost, the fact that they can do as they please is what makes the show so great. Right. And you know, that's something that might be said in a green room, but others on other shows wouldn't actually say it on the air. They, they wouldn't be ready for the brushback. Right. They're ready because they have the equity and because they don't care, which is right. a great place to be in, and not just this business, but in life. I tend to to follow along that theory. And if something strikes you, say it. And of course, it's got to be done with a, a certain level of etiquette and being able to massage your way through it. For them, they just say what comes to mind. Yeah, I was going to say, there's
3: not, there's not much massaging.
4: There's not much massaging. There's no filter. And that's what makes their show so fantastic. So- My reaction as someone watching it, I liked it. It right. meant a lot to them. Right. It right. meant a lot to the community. It meant a lot to the team. And it's what you look for in sports. Now, you know, those guys are highly accomplished athletes and I get it in the moment. And, you know, Ernie is, is the best, literally the best at what he does in television. And he knows, he knows how to bring it home. And that right. was the right take and tact in that moment for the host. Right.
3: Yeah. I think he said like, something about, about how festive it was. I, this is what I wrote. Like We're in this day and age where you have to have a side that has to be right and wrong and its place. Yeah. Let the Timberwolves go crazy, celebrate, rip your shirts off, kiss the babies, and do all that. And those guys are also allowed to make fun of it, and you can laugh at that. Like, both things Correct. can happen. Correct. How about that?
4: Yes, 100%. Yeah. I, Thank you. We, we should recognize that all of that's okay, there yes. was laughter. There was fun. Right. You know, were they were they mocking? Was it was it that serious? No, they were having fun at their right. expense. And by the way, I'm sure there's a day where the Timberwolves might play back the tape and say, "Wow, we yeah maybe maybe we went a little right, a little overboard, a little bit." Right. The the reality is, uh, in the moment, it worked, and yeah. I think it was authentic. It wasn't, "Hey, if we win, let's do." They won a tight game. They Ooh. clinched a playoff spot. It's a city that has been thirsting for this for a long time. They haven't won much since Kevin Garnett got dealt. Right. And I have no problem with how they responded. And uh, I thought it was fun, festive. And for them, uh, it was fitting for what they were feeling. I, yeah,
3: you want to have an over the top celebration? Go for it. And I, I, I will say, if you're crying when you win the play in game, what are you going to do if you do win, <laughs> win the NBA title? I mean, it, where are we going from
4: there? But yeah, yeah. And, and they're not there. winning the NBA title, by the way. But they had a breakthrough season. They finally saw all of this young talent click and come together. They've been through a bunch of coaches. You know, Tom Thibodeau was there, and Ryan Saunders was there. And they made a change again. This this team felt something and they reacted in the moment. Look, we're allowed to make fun of it. Right. You're allowed. Right. And that's what those guys did on, on that show. And that's what they do to a lot of things. Most people that have a sense of humor about it can move on. I'm not easily offended. Right, so right. I'm probably not the best person to ask about it.
3: Listen, if you can't see the humor in the line, we need a one shining moment, then that's it's, a, it's a
4: fantastic line. Exactly.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Now, when you see what happened in that game earlier, where the animal protester glues herself to the court mm. as an announcer, do you say, damn, I wish I was broadcasting that game. <laughs> and I would say this because I have to say, Kevin Harlan, who I love, who has done it, you know, he's become legendary for the two incidents of the yeah. fans running on the field. He was lost. He had. He said a, a stadium worker fell. Like, no one knew what was going on. So I could see you as a broadcaster thinking, that moment's almost too confusing. You don't know what's going on. Or, oh, if I called that, that could have been a lot of fun.
4: Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, Kevin, I, I would tell you that he is locked in on the game action. He's locked in on all the possibilities and his preparation. And... If you listed a hundred things that could happen, that would not appear on the list. That there someone would gluing be themselves to the court. a woman gluing themselves to the floor protesting. And was it Elmer's clothing. glue? Was it a,
3: was it the the, yeah. the what is that called? The sticky stuff that the pitchers would like where where what it what was
4: the glue? How did it how do you stick your I don't know? I don't I I don't I still don't know. And yeah. in the live moment, like you need to ascertain the facts before you start spitting out information and speculating on what the hell is happening. Kevin has been unbelievable in these moments where it's unexpected, but even the unexpected is within reason, you know, fans running on the field, it's unexpected, but it does happen. It has happened. You've seen it before. You know, I, I really enjoy moments that are off the beaten path during NBA games. I've gotten into spillage because I find it fascinating that someone has got a full drink And within a split second, the ball hits them. The drink is everywhere. So A, they've lost their drink. B, we can't play the game because their drink has now affected the playing surface. You have to stop the game. The players stop. They stare in the moment. I've seen it. I've seen many beers go down. I've seen one drink go down. I've seen candy go in the air. I've seen popcorn. It's tremendous. To (laughs) me, it's a lot of fun. Because it's different and it's unique, and I've encouraged directors and producers mm-hmm. that I've worked with: show it, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. shy away, don't give me a replay from two possessions earlier. Embrace it. It's it's different, yeah. and obviously this was beyond different. This was yeah. uh, bizarre. Yes. To say the least when I, I, cause I didn't see it live. I saw that, you know, then I'm seeing the Twitter
3: and I'm like, Ooh, Harlan's doing this. This could be good. And you know, I thought maybe we'd get like, she's glued herself, but <laughs> it was so confusing in the moment. I get why he couldn't, yeah. you know, couldn't do that. Um, I mentioned this earlier. I'm just curious. No Lakers, no LeBron as a
4: broadcaster. Do you wish LeBron
3: and the Lakers there, or you don't really
4: care? No, I, it care? would be, it would be B. Option B. Uh, Of course, LeBron being there, there's added juice, and he's one of the best to ever do it. So when you walk in the building, you know that there's a chance that you might witness history or witness something that is uh, beyond what your imagination might have been. But no, it doesn't change anything from my perspective. Going in and doing a Giannis Adetokounmpo game gives you a similar vibe, Uh, or going in and Uh, Chris Paul doing something really special or leading his team to a championship. There's plenty of storylines to go around. And uh, it was a weird year for the Lakers. Really weird. I ended up doing a bunch of their games for TNT, going in there, talking to Frank Vogel, who is uh, one of the classiest guys you'll deal with and pretty honest in the sit downs, you know, off the record stuff, but stuff that gives you a a pretty good feel for what's happening with the team. And I had them early in the year. And I would tell you that there was a code red early in the year with the Lakers. You could tell this was not going well.
3: Mainly because of Westbrook or just the overall?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I think overall. But uh, Russell was definitely a part of it, where he fit in, how that was going to work, how the personalities would mesh. Obviously, once the injuries hit, they just did not have enough true depth yeah. to compete. And uh, it it went haywire. I know a lot of people want to kill LeBron as the
3: GM, but, you know, is it LeBron's fault? Anthony Davis is always hurt. I mean, maybe no. it is because he brought him in. But like, if you have LeBron, even at his age. LeBron and Anthony Davis for a full season. Forget Russell Brussbrook and, you know, you could maybe figure that out. But Anthony Davis never plays.
4: Yeah, it's a problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they had to know that, but they were desperate when they made that move. They won a championship. So you can't dismiss it. I know it was a bubble championship, but it's still a title. And normally when you win a title, that means you've built up some capital. And for Frank Vogel, that wasn't the case. Things went south. He is absolutely a scapegoat in this situation. They're going to have to rework this roster again. Uh, When you make the Westbrook deal, uh, you recognize that He's not in his prime. Uh, you're getting a guy that uh, was, at one point, Mr. Triple-Double in the NBA. He can still produce triple-doubles, but does it translate into winning? Right. And his confidence was shaken. There's there's no getting around it. Just watch the games. Like Things yeah. that he did normally were not there for him anymore. Finishing around the rim became a bit of a chore. He could get there. His speed was still there. It's not like he lost a gear, but his finishing skills, uh, you know, Outside shooting was never his forte, but even that has has dropped. So it, it just became more and more obvious that the pieces didn't fit. I want to get into a couple of things in the in the business world, sports media business world.
3: The first thing you can't answer, but I'll ask it, then I can hear how you <laughs> maneuver your way. You know, we still, TNT has, Turner hasn't an announced who's calling the Western Conference Finals, who would be, you know, sort of, for all intents and purposes, replacing Marv. Have you heard if have they made a decision? Do you know if you can get that gig still or where, where what's going on? Do you say to them, hey, what's going on? I'd like this gig or
4: how do we? I mean, when we're it doesn't in? really work quite that way. Jimmy, yeah. the uh, hey, what's going on? I, yeah, I'd like that gig. Um, no, well, I don't I, know. To answer okay. your question, I don't know if a decision has been made. Nothing has been announced. Nothing behind the scenes has Has been bandied about. I'm sure it's been discussed and they have a plan in mind. Uh, I am in a position with Turner where they can use me freely and it's been a a really great season for that. Uh, I've worked mostly with Jim Jackson, who's been a pleasure. He's just great to be around, great insight, great experience, and uh, a really positive, upbeat human being uh, to work with and to hang with done some games with Stan early in the year. Um, So wherever they plug me in, I I'm thrilled to be there as far as larger scope decisions. No, not, not that I know of. We need an announcement soon. (laughs) Um, I'll get on that.
0: L A S -S 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 I K LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK, but not sure if you're a candidate, just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz.
3: A couple of weeks ago, your colleague Greg Gumble was on this podcast from CBS. Yes.
4: Yes. And, I, I feel like that went viral, Jimmy. Uh
3: yeah. I mean, listen, you never want to be like the kind of douchey person who says my stuff went viral, but I <laughs> but I could say on the guest. But I guess it
4: went viral. Yeah, I'm you am the can. guest. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not do I'm not a douche.
3: Yeah, no, you're not. I would be the douche if I said you it. would be you the douche, yeah. yeah. you can say it. You can say it. Um, we were talking about the, the explosion in NFL. Play by play salaries and analysts, I should say, you know, Troy and then sure. obviously a couple of years ago in Herb Street. So, where do you stand? He was pretty strong. Announcers don't bring one viewer to the TV, they can only sort of chase them away. Um, what did you make of that?
4: Well, Greg's been doing this forever, and Greg is a pro's pro and certainly is uh, in a position to share his opinion. And has great insight in doing so. The market bears what the market bears. And I think there were just a special set of circumstances in this particular NFL broadcast off season that led to the numbers that have been reported. You know, clearly ESPN wanted to make a splash and they did so in getting one of the best broadcast groups in NFL history with Joe and and Troy. Mm -hmm. And they're apparently, reportedly paying a lot to do it. Uh, Amazon, they want credibility. They want to start off on the right foot and they want fans to turn on the broadcast on Thursday nights and feel comfortable. And whatever that price was and rate was, it's what the market dictated. So look, I have no issue with anybody making whatever they can make in any walk of life, if it's there and it's available, you take advantage. How does that affect others? It's not, it's not a simple equation. It's not, well, so-and-so makes this. So now so-and-so will slot in here. It just doesn't work that way. I, you know, I I was getting a a piece of pizza recently and after all of this stuff was out in the open, you know, local pizza guy that I see all the time is like, Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? It's a Jersey. That was a Jersey, Jersey pizza guy. Wasn't great, just for the record. No, I love you, but that was not Not great. great. Not great. I I don't want to go too (laughs) deep in the impression because then the guy's going to know who I'm talking about. (laughs) And I don't need that kind of static in my life. (laughs) So he basically says, like, well, Joe Buck got this. So, I mean, you're at least half as good. So you would get half. Like, well. So you're only half as good as Joe? Hey, that's oh. what I'm saying. Pizza guys can be tough. They can be hard on you. That's you the last time, what I I gonna do? Gonna... last time I shop.
3: Last time I gets get a slice at that place.
4: Yeah, he'll, he'll spit right in my pie if I go well, back he at is... him. He So can't... you get the drift. What ends up yeah. happening yeah. is there there's a there's an unrealistic view of how all of this works. Mm-hmm. And the reality is uh, everybody does what's best for them. And you hope that you get compensated at a rate in which you believe is fair and just in every walk of life.
3: So a couple of things there. I I often get criticized by listeners for interrupting guests. So I just want to say I, I tried with all my might when you were saying, you know, whatever the market bears out, you get what you can get. I wanted to, you know, spoken like a true Future number one guy, number one, <laughs> number two. Um, I just had to get that in. Number two, um, what did you make of Gumble in, in his philosophy about an announcer can only chase people away? And uh, you know the you you got you know I don't know if you saw it if you paid attention to it. You have universally praised throughout the tournament. Now is a guy gonna watch the tournament because of you? I don't know, but I think the fact that CBS can get good publicity from people enjoying your broadcast is maybe not something you monetize, but is definitely valuable and helpful. So what did you make of Greg saying an announcer doesn't bring anyone but can turn people away?
4: Yeah, I mean, I I think there's validity to it. I I think there are announcers out there that if you know they're doing the game as a fan, it might not be a game you're interested in, but you might pop it on. And there is some value to that because you like their style or you like the way uh, they present the game. So does it mean that it's, it's a ratings point or millions of extra viewers? I think as, as a fan, as a TV viewer, radio listener, you know what makes you comfortable. And it doesn't take a whole lot of time for you to determine if you like it or not. Right. You know, that, that's the challenging part in, in trying to determine whether or not people like your stuff or not. You have to do what you believe in your heart is the best way to do the game. That's how you have to view it. Okay. And then you got to let the chips fall where they may. Can you make adjustments? Can you change? Am I the same broadcaster today that I was 24 years ago when I did the tournament for the first time in 1998? No. But is the essence of what I do very similar? Absolutely. How I approach it, how I, I process it and then how I deliver it to the audience. Yeah. It, it's it's still in the same mold that it was back then. Have I improved? Have I figured out some ways in which to do the job better, to set up my partner better, uh, to punch moments better? Yes. And if I hadn't, then that would be on me. So all I can do as an announcer is uh, do the job that I believe is the best way to present it. And then your hope is that, that people like it and accept it. And by the way, Greg's point on the other side of it is also true. I I believe that too. There are some announcers that could turn off a viewer or they just have a bad taste in their mouth from a game eight years ago that their team lost in a big moment and they assign your voice with it. Is that <laughs> rational? Interesting. No. Interesting. 100% yeah. irrational. Yeah. But I get it. I understand why it happens. That's part of being a fan. That's fandom. You create things in your own head that affect the outcomes of games, even though they have no role whatsoever. Me mentioning someone's free throw percentage before they shoot the free throw has no role in whether or not the player makes the free throw. But You're
3: talking, you're talking to a degenerate gambler. You have a role in that. We believe in the jinx. We don't want the jinx. We don't like the jinx. I get we it. need
4: you to just, you know. I get um it. You I, I have to be get... aware of it. I am self-aware enough yes. to not be dismissive of it. So I think Thank if you. you're cognizant of it, you can have yes. some fun. And often that's my default mode, Jimmy, anyway. Is they try to have some fun with this, right. bring Absolutely. some levity and and, and have a laugh it. when it's appropriate?
3: It. I want to get into the tournament a little bit. Just before I do, I'm just curious. I want to just follow up because you said something about the tournament and do you do it the same way you did when you started? No, have you learned some things? I would love it if you would just share. I mean, maybe it's inside baseball, but I know listeners. give me something you've changed. You've done differently, how you've grown in specific terms of the tournament. I'd be curious.
4: Yeah. For the tournament. I think my, my first few years, I was just so overwhelmed by the amount and volume of information that I made it my business and my priority to try to learn everything, and then pack it in to the broadcast. I took all this time. I took two, three days of my life. I've shut it down in order to learn every possible narrative and storyline in regards to these teams. And by hook or by crook, I was going to get them in to the broadcast. And then I realized, no, 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 the game is still the most important part. And don't get caught up in the minutiae. Of course, there are going to be fans that know nothing about the team. You have to have the knowledge and you have to know the players and you have to have the background, but don't feel the need to squeeze in every little bit of information. And if I watched back my stuff from 98, 99, 2000, early aughts, Mm. uh, it was probably a broadcaster that was just trying too hard to show the audience that they were prepared. Mm. And that's translated on the football side too. prioritizing what's important and recognizing what sticks with people and For me, what sticks with people more is, you know, did you nail the call? Did you show the proper amount of enthusiasm with the call? Did you find some moments where there was some wordplay that could work and could be memorable in some way because it hit perfectly with the moment in front of you? And then if you get one of these upsets, are you on it? Are you at the right level and the proper tone for what this meant in the grand scheme of the tournament? And if they play it back 15 years from now, do you still get some goosebumps from it? This St. Peter's run was insane, completely insane. If, If Kentucky fans drove through Jersey City right now and drove past St. Peter's University, they would not believe it. They would not fathom that they lost to that school. And that's saying a lot for the job Shaheen Holloway did and those kids and uh, how unflappable they were in the moment. But that's going to go down as one of the the seismic upsets of NCAA tournament history, truly. And you just want to make sure you do justice by it. Yeah.
3: I th- I think for me, because I sort of cover this and I know some of you guys a little bit, I really I had a revelation during the tournament because I really don't pay that close attention to college basketball during the regular season. It's just it's a timing thing more than anything. I mean, you got the NFL going on. The NFL goes on. You want a couple of weeks of a a life before the NBA kicks into that final drive and all that. So there's a lot of people, I think, like me who swoop in for the tournament. And I do think, you know, going back to Greg's comments, I think the tournament good announcers can really help you in the tournament from the standpoint of, like you said, Most fans tuning into the tournament don't know anything about most of the teams. You may know about the top 10, the top 20, but you have 64 teams. So the announcers help you there. And it really is the perfect event for excitement thrillers. I mean, the quality of play is one thing, but I'm talking about buzzer beaters and crazy upsets. So the, I know for me, when I hear you or Raf doing a game, I'm more into it because of the like the announcers can enhance, I think, the tournament almost more than any NFL. You're gonna, you know, like you know, Greg said, Mickey Mo Larry and Curly could do the NFL. He was right. <laughs> you're gonna watch yeah, if the, if the Cowboys are playing the Packers, doesn't matter who's doing the game. Um, you know, baseball is so localized. I think you get into your local announcers and stuff like that. But I think the tournament is the perfect event where the announcers can
4: enhance. Yeah, I felt you and Greg screwed over Shemp. Like, how does he never get a he mention? Always, but that's why he's Shemp. He always gets screwed over. He that's Shemp. always, yeah. always gets overlooked. No, I, I think you make a great point. It, it's, it's tailor-made for that style. And the play can be frenetic. Yeah, let's face it. it yeah. It's not yeah. the highest level of basketball. Right. Uh, for many of the participants, that is the highest level they will ever play in. Yeah, some are going to go overseas or find jobs elsewhere within basketball or minor league level. But for the most part, the majority of the the players in the NCAA tournament, that's it. That's the biggest stage they'll ever be in. So if, if you can reflect the frenetic style without – becoming frenetic yourself and out of control still stay in the lane and do the job as a play by play announcer. There is a lot of drama to the event. The one and done format sets you up for that. You know, NBA playoffs are incredible. You're talking about the best athletes and the highest level of play, but the four out of seven, it makes for a story. Game one is different than game two. And now you're using that knowledge for game three and there are adjustments for game four. Oh, wait, we've got a road team winning. That shifts the series. NCAA tournament, you get one shot. You get one shot to do it. And there is something very dramatic about that. And I do think as a play-by-play announcer, it does build. You, You feel the build over the course of the game. By the way, Jimmy, I mean, this is, Pretty insane to think of it in these terms. This was a great NCAA tournament, 2022. Yes. Mm-hmm. Zero buzzer beaters. I know. There was not one buzzer yeah. beater yep. in the lot. And yep. it's still made for a, a, a pulsating tournament. Yeah, for sure. What was the better
3: Raftery line when Kansas's <laughs> Remy Martin hit a shot late and have <laughs> said, there's nothing like a little Remy late at yeah. night? Or I believe it was the... Carolina game when someone got a little slap in the face and he said it's
4: not even the Oscars. Yeah, uh, I I like the Remy the line Remy. even more. Yeah, really, I did. I mean, I, I, I that worked the, for me.
3: I like the Oscars one because one I didn't think Raff would have the Will Smith joke and he did it so
4: subtly it worked perfectly. Yeah, but it's Remy, not even the Oscars. It, yeah, it, it yes, it was very good. Yeah. But you know, I Remy. I just like any kind of play on words with him in regards to self-deprecation and uh, drinking. Um, And if it's, you know, if it's done in his very sly way, you know, I had one earlier in the tournament, there was an update and uh, Adam Lefko threw it back. It was Remy Martin. And, you know, again, this is just in the moment. And I I just played it off with, oh, Remy Martin goes down so smooth. and, And you just continue. Right, right. And that's the end of it. But I right. know there are enough people out there that yeah. get it. And well, we you you
3: dropped th- a more cowbell on us during the tournament. If I'm I not
4: did, yeah, because his name yeah. was Hunter Dickinson, and, yes. and you don't get a lot of Dickinsons in yeah. in high level sports. So uh, I didn't do it in a way I thought that if you didn't get the reference, that you're like, okay, I don't know what the hell this guy's yeah. talking <laughs> about. But if you did get the Bruce Dickinson part, yeah. Yeah, oh, we got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got I it. know That's you good. got it. But, yeah, yeah. you know, does America get it? I, yeah. I'm i not
3: sure. It was in enjoy- Isn't Raft amazing? The thing about Raft as good as ever. No yeah. slippage. No he, slippage.
4: He completely crushed the NCAA championship yeah. game. I thought he was tremendous. He was on top of stuff before it happened. He nailed things in the moment. Uh, his awareness, his passion for it. Yeah, he's... And I did a bunch of games with him this year, Jimmy. So... I'm there with him. I see the preparation is still the same. Yeah. His enjoyment level is still as high as it's ever been. His recognition level still high. The Q rating within college basketball arenas. You know how many how many pictures he takes, how many babies he kisses, how many hands he shakes. You know we have we had a tight flight on one of them. I can't remember. We were going uh, out of Detroit, so it was a Michigan State game, I believe. And there was like a receiving line at the end of the game. And he doesn't have it in him to, to say no. Uh, and <laughs> I'm looking at the clock. I was like, yeah. it's going to be tight. Uh, we didn't make it, but he um, took you know, you, 40. You, like, can 40 you pictures? him like, like, Bill, we got to go. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go move it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he'll say, "Oh, Barry, like, like they know, like there are fans right. that are that are surrounding him." He's like, "Your Barry needs me to go," but yeah. he still, he still yeah. just gets gets it uh, at all levels. He gets. He it. He does. Last thing before I let you go, I'm not going to
3: ask you, are you enjoying it as much as me? Because I think I'm enjoying it a little too much. But Chris Mad Dog Russo, who you used to work for at WFAN, yeah, on First Take, yeah, it's great. I mean, talk about just a renaissance for the dog at this point.
4: Yeah. And you know, what's interesting, Jimmy for, for doggy. Look, this could have been 10 years ago and it would have worked, Mm -hmm. but for some reason, I feel like it works better now and where he is in his life and what that fills, whatever void that fills for him on a national level to do that, a high profile, the fact that he can, Go back and forth with Stephen A. and do it with that look in his eye. Uh, you know, Chris, you know Jimmy with with Doggy. He won't just say things for effect. He no. will sometimes. I'll completely disagree with him, but he will believe it in his heart, hundred percent. And he will go with every angle to try to dress you down if you have the opposing viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And that could be on the air with a caller. That could be with a guest on the air. That could be in a car when I drove with him for a year of my life, commuting between Astoria and Midtown. And that passion is real. And his ability to make those moments stand out, that's a real thing. So it's it's combustible yeah. and it's tangible and it's a lot of fun. And I think he's having a gas. I think he he's really he enjoying it. Yeah. And what's and it, you know, for,
3: for you and I, I mean, obviously you're, I mean, you know much better. You work for him. I don't, but you know, we forget it's, you know, he's made, even though he's on Sirius XM, he's still a New York thing. The fact yeah. that so many people around the country now being exposed to him and seeing the rain man, like memory, <laughs> Yeah. And the fact that he wants it to be
4: 1950 in sports oh,
3: yeah. is fat. You know, it, people yeah. must be. I mean, the first time he hit Stephen A with an Otto Graham reference, it was
4: phenomenal. Yeah. And and look, <laughs> it's going to run the gap. Yeah, like, he'll, you know, Greta Gabo, uh, the, the idea that that could be mentioned on first take yeah. is hard to fathom, but he yep. will find a way. And it's not even something that he would think of that morning like, hey, man, I really got to get in. It is completely in the moment, and the Rolodex for him is in a different era. His references are different. Yet, if you do go and Google them, if somebody that doesn't know, you'd be like, oh, wow. That actually made sense in a crazy, nutty way. It, it's it's yeah he he
3: compares every NFL head coach to Vince Lombardi like that's mm-hmm. like if you're not Vince Lombardi, you know even Belichick he would knock by saying he's no Vince Lombardi it's just it's yeah it's an amazing way to look at sports
4: and, and sometimes then even like an NBA guy you'll say that so and so is is having a great run and there's a fun player that like, hey look he's no Elvin Hayes I'm like <laughs> okay yeah what why. <laughs> Right. What's the, uh, well, why I'm, I'm that sure
3: mean? I'm sure he'll have you on sometime during these playoffs and we'll tell you why Kyrie and Durant are not great.
4: And he'll compare them yes. to
3: someone from 19, yeah. you know, Dave, Dave DeBusher or something.
4: Yeah. And, and yeah. believe it or not, Jimmy, when he'll have me on, it will be if I do a game on Turner. and then have to fly to a net game in either Boston or Brooklyn, and something will pique his curiosity about how I got there. That will be the thrust of, hey, we got to get little buddy on for a spot. I have no idea how he, like that will absolutely keep him up at night, trying to determine what flight I took, how I got there, and then you know we'll have a it's funny because he's rubbed off,
3: he's rubbed off of me in a weird way because there was a, a couple it was like two or three weeks ago one of your partners on yes richard jefferson yeah did a game in la on tnt next day did the nets in brooklyn and then the next day was like in phoenix i think for a tnt game and i'm like yes if dog <laughs> knew richard jefferson that his mind would explode uh, if he knew what it. just to play. like I actually messaged Richard Jefferson. I'm like, did you do these three games? I'm sure like, did. I'm like dog now. What am I doing? But if dog was into like the
4: Richard Jefferson world, he would have exploded at that. Stage. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, as you know, he was really fascinated with Sam Rosen's travel. Yes. For a long stretch, because he yeah. would do a Ranger game and then do an NFL on Fox game, yeah. and he had an OAG that he would keep, and he would look for these flights and couldn't determine how he possibly did it, and would have Sam on just to talk through that part of it. Was that an Embraer? What? What kind of air? What kind of what fleet? <laughs> like, just,
3: so good. Yeah, it's funny. So good. I uh, and I appreciate you doing this. I know it's a busy time now with the uh, playoff start. Nets Celtic. That's a that is a good first round series. My lord, it's it's almost like can you know can we? Yeah. I hope we can maintain it because that, that's a doozy coming out of that first round. So I
4: think you're going to have a lot of good matchups throughout this postseason, and yeah. uh, I don't think it'll be relegated to the first round if things go a certain way. Uh, the conference semifinals could be serious, serious competition as well. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Enjoy it. And uh, we'll talk to you down the road. All right, Jimmy. A- I'm Martin Short. Uh, I've adopted short. that. I'm Martin Short. I not a height you. joke, but could be. No, no. It's, no, no, it's no, no, the status no. of,
3: the, of the legendary talk show <laughs> yes. guest. Yes. yes. All Thanks, right. Buddy. Thanks, Ian. See ya. Okay. Bye-bye.
2: L-A-S-I-K,
0: LASIK.com.
2: Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com.
3: All right, joining me now for the train of Thoughts segment, SI Media podcast regular and a podcaster extraordinaire from the Green Light Pod, Chris Long. Chris, what's up, buddy? How about that introduction? Yeah. You're the man, dude. You're just the man. The Green Light Pod. I mean, it's rolling. You great guest, great. I mean, you're doing some. I have to say, I see some of the stuff you do, and I'm like, now I wonder if Chris is enjoying, you know, the- I saw you rolling on the grass. For I, like, I enjoyed what? the rolling thing.
1: Eating the mayo. That stuff's fun. I mean, like, I still like, it's fun to act like a kid, right? I saw like, your this partner would not be acceptable anywhere else other than like podcasting. I saw your partner making slap you in the face. Yeah. And that's not going to happen again. But you know, right. that, that day is what we needed to do to get clicks, man. We're still trying to grow, you know, the point I'd rather is to do that than fire off a, a divisive sports take.
3: Right. Well, the point is, Chris will do anything for the pod, the green light pod. So check it out. All right. Well, let's start with this. <laughs> let's start with this opening topic. Since uh, yeah. You don't want to fire off a sports take, but <laughs> we'll go into something that is sports related. I, What do you make of this? Because I love it, even if it's not true. This whole thing about Brady was going to go to uh, Miami yeah. with Sean Payton. Could we have even handled that? I mean, we, the internet, the Twitter, the NFL the universe, could we have even handled this if it happened?
1: I think it would, have, it would have been like, I feel like Tom coming back is such a just standard coming back to the same team, even with Bruce Arians going like suddenly. I do feel like uh, we left some money on the table there as far as like entertainment value. Yeah. You know, I was looking for more of like a like full on pro wrestling. Like, just crazy script. Right. Brady leaves, goes somewhere else, and this would have been it. And, you know, I've gotten to know and on Twitter, and I don't know that they would have been able to handle this. I think there would have been just people's mobile devices would be exploding in South Florida.
3: Yeah. Chris they would find a way
1: to-, to be mad about their team acquiring right. Tom Brady. But I like, listen, it would make sense. Tom, who's been quiet, classy, hasn't really taken shots at New England. I mean, really? I mean, this could be a lot uglier if people think there's a problem. He would have got to play New England twice a year, uh, and and it just you know, Stephen Ross, Michigan guy, right? Um, and Sean Payton being like one of the brightest offensive minds of all time—that would have been insane. Do you believe the story? I I'll believe anything, dude. I'm a podcaster. That's
3: true. You know yeah, what I mean? It's, it's my it's job
1: to believe anything for a day. Oh, what do we have to talk about today? Brady, to Miami, sure. It, the only thing I don't understand about it is like, what's the Brady,
3: um, Sean Payton connection like? Just offensive guru, basically.
1: I don't know. Um, the only when I think of Brady and Sean Payton, I think about all the money I lost betting on Tom Brady against the Saints over the last couple of years, and so I think more about Dennis Allen. Uh, but I don't know. I. For me, if if Sean Payton, who we had on the pod last week, and he was amazing, he was awesome, I'm a big fan of the guy. Like, I really do think he's great. And um, I think he's made no bones about coaching again. Like, that was... Which I like, dude. Like, people leave all the time, and they bullshit us. You know, don't piss my leg. Tell me it's rain. He's... No, it's not rain. I'm going to be coaching again. And I thought Dallas is the straight line everybody draws because of the Parcells thing and all that stuff. And but i think he's going to be great on tv for a period and then he's going to go back and coach and probably win another super bowl one day. Yeah. Um let me get your take on another football thing
3: cuz yeah. this to me is the story of the of the off season for me. I i get the whole thing about how um oh my god, i can't believe Devonte Adams mm-hmm. wanted to go play with Carr. Yeah. But it is strange to me that there was all this drama surrounding Rodgers. He comes back to the Packers and he loses Devontae Adams and Scanling, who went to the yeah. Chiefs, which I think is a great sign for the Chiefs. It, isn't that weird? I feel like not enough has been made about how weird this is that he comes back and then loses two of his receivers.
1: It's bizarre. I mean, it's, it's bizarre. And I don't know the sequencing. You talk about things I know or don't know. I have no idea the sequencing of like when he knew that Devontae would be leaving. Right. But I think when you look at it from Devontae's end of the thing I think this is exciting I mean number one the no state tax thing or whatever uh which is another thing you got to consider talking about Derek Carr signing that big deal um (coughs) sorry Vegas seems like you know a tight-knit locker room which I'm not saying Green Bay is not I'm just saying there's a lot of excitement around like what's going on in that building uh Josh McDaniels who I think has become this afterthought especially because of his first stint as a head coach, like we don't know maybe this is going to work out spectacularly and um and i think it's exciting and he grew up a a raiders fan so i who knows what aaron does i think aaron likes a challenge i really do i think in a twisted way he would rather be pissed off and go win a super bowl than win one happy and you know he's not gonna be mad at his his old buddy for for going where the grass is greener but um you know, he can use this to his advantage from a motivational standpoint, their, their divisions. So who knows, they're going to be in the dance. Their, their issue has always been the playoffs. Right. Right. You know, and And him
3: and him in the playoffs.
1: Well, you know, yeah, sure. I mean, this last year it was, it was a blizzard and, you know, the the snowflakes were, were coming down for Jimmy G as well. And I thought Jimmy made some more big throws than he did. And so that's, that happens sometimes but over the years like yeah i mean they last year i thought if any year that they could win a super bowl in the past few since i've been doing this for a living i thought that was the year yeah i just think it's bizarre that
3: two of his guys left when he comes back after all that hollow blue but
1: well i mean i i don't think he ever really maybe he never wanted to leave that bad i mean it's leveraging it's like you know it's hey i want more money and uh i want my security and I think with Aaron, like Aaron has felt, and I, until like a year ago, I was with him on everything. Like, I thought, I thought he, he has had a really unique path to being great. Like, it's, uh, for a quarterback like him, you know, and he's always had to play second fiddle in a lot of ways to, the guy before him, and um, I don't know, when you look at their wide receivers, certainly it becomes, it's hard, because people will be like, well, they have Jordan, they had Jordan Nelson, they had, you know, Greg Jennings, all these guys, like, you name all these guys, but if guys played most of their career with Aaron Rodgers, like that affects how productive they are as well. So I have no idea right. it, it right. doesn't, you know, it, it, it happens in a way that I can't really, I don't know. I can't project it. So I don't know how, how bad his weapons have been, but I do think there's at least a realistic perception that they could have done more for him yeah. over the years. So I get it. He's pissed off. He's a chip on the shoulder guy. And I think he'll have one this year.
3: Yeah. We'll be interesting to see him now without those guys. Um, as an ex-player, ex-star player, Super Bowl winner, what do you make of this trend now where when guys are pissed off and they want off the team, they change their Twitter and IG bios? Like that's <laughs> the, that's the move. Would you be that guy? Would you go right to the bio? Like what what's the thinking there?
1: Probably not. I, I don't not think your style. So. I don't that's think so. Style. Yeah, I'm just it's just not me. Like I get why guys yeah. do it. I I suppose, but you know, like in teach his own, I think uh it's well now it's a copy. Now it's a copycat thing. It is. But you know, it's like when Kyler Murray unfollowed the Cardinals and all that, I was like, no, you're not, you're be following them in a couple of days. Like, like, dude, like either you, either you're going to make it really hard for your team or you're not. And like social media is not, you know, it's, it's more of, it's more playing the media game, which maybe is part of the leveraging and letting people know, like somewhere else that, Hey, I'm available. I'm unhappy. Like shoot your shot. I don't know. It's, it's weird one of the though. More, I, I yeah. wouldn't do it. I think that's what agents are for. I
3: guess right. I don't know. It's one of the more bizarre trends we've seen in the, in recent time.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, like it's isn't it bizarre that we have social media in the first place? It's oh. like you know that we're communicating. You know, it's like uh, right. it's just a it's bizarre world in general. It's right. so different than when guys used to have to, you know, um, access through different channels and it's, guys can really stir things up. And I, I get it. It's it's part of the deal. Yeah. Uh, another topic I wanted to get into with you a little bit.
3: Will you, I think it's this weekend actually yeah. that the USFL begins. Will you get into it? Will you watch it? Are you like, Hell I'll watch yeah.
1: any football. Oh yeah. Jeff Fisher is coaching. So, so I you'll have watch to any get into football. it. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch. I will, especially if you can gamble on it, like there's going to be, and this is one of the, the fun, this is one of the ways that social media is good as a sports fan is like the shared experience of, you know, people just talking about a game, you know, like being able to hop on and see what's going on. And oh, the, uh, the, the damn team from new Orleans, the the wave team, the breakers is playing the stallions. Like, all right, I'm bored. I'll I'll pop on. And you know, I can, I think the biggest, the biggest question for me is why hasn't it worked yet? I mean, like, so why would it work this time? And I think people are kind of as consumers, just renting the experience for a year and they don't care if it's going to be around for a couple of years, they want something to gamble on and kind of watch. But are people really going to get invested? That's the big difference. It's like sometimes when XFL highlights come on Twitter, everybody's like, Oh, this is going great, everybody's talking about this, but that's not necessarily like going to, going to move the needle to the point that this is sustainable, right? Well, I, I think quality of play is the big thing. I mean, you want
3: the game to look like a football game, you don't want it to look like players who don't know what they're doing, so you know, that's where like the quarterback, you know, you. you, you it's got to look like a professional football game, I think, to get people
1: to stick it, around. It people does. Sample it and
3: then go. But it's around. kind
1: of like college basketball is like, I hear NBA fans, their big thing is like college basketball is so inferior in, in quality of play, which, I, yeah, it is. Um, same thing with college football. I mean, college football is like a totally different game, you know, but we can't get enough of college football. Well, obviously, it's way different than USFL, but the USFL might have pretty quality football you know it's just relative it depends on what you're you're comparing it to and i think it's really hard when you're you're selling something where there's you have to like you have to like capture memphis's attention or something or like some mid-sized city's attention and not some place that's tied to a university and you know that's what college football is about is the tradition and, and you know the proximity and the relationship to a school there's none of that with the usfl or the xfl so you really have to do something different in my opinion which i think is is why maybe it works if you mix it up and do some wrestling elements of this shit. Like I, I that's what I would do. So maybe yeah. we disagree a little bit. I would, I would, I would, I would get sexy. I would do some like different shit. And the, that's what every league is trying to do now. They're trying to make it different. And yeah, you yeah. know the way baseball speeds things up, and you deal with that as a baseball fan. Like do some of the do some of the things that listen to NFL fans complain, and then do what they're complaining about. So that's your shot. Space kill the yeah. Refs, yeah just like robot refs.
3: <laughs> yeah i the, the issue i have with the usfl is, is just i think they start on sunday and there's like nba playoffs going on on sunday so i'm not going to watch the usl over the nba playoffs that's what no, they, no chance they, they got to find a window where there's no nba playoffs i think so, why, why would you do that i i think they just want to i don't know i would assume they're just looking to you know do sundays because that's when people watch football i don't know i don't know they, they didn't like have a sports calendar I, I guess they think the diehard football fan's not interested in the NBA.
1: Maybe The diehard yeah. wrestling football fan is well, not interested yeah. in the, in the yeah. NBA. That's why you need to go full wrestling, and that's how you get these leagues to stick, like the guy the other day with the flaming baseball bat. Right, right, like, right, right. Like, shit right. like that. Look right. at that baseball bat. It's on fire. Like, yeah. put a guy's helmet on fire, like, safely. Like, shit like that.
0: L-A-S-I-K.
1: do you bet baseball at all i don't should i no you should not okay good because i'm just like no don't stop i I would hate to be like watching a baseball game and yeah i'm a baseball fan now i forgot about that i'm a phillies fan and so i'm gonna check in on those guys i I, there was a guy in for the phillies the other night that said i fucking hate this place yeah 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 (laughs) and they caught him on camera
3: (laughs) how great was it though he like he he now, see, like when I first saw that video, I'm like, I don't know if he's saying it. You're reading lips. He could have come out after the game, denied it. Instead, that was real. It apologized. And then the next day they gave him a standing ovation. I thought it was one of the best things I've seen lately.
1: That was really good. Yeah. Um, You know, allow me to, to uh, for a dash of cynicism. I was like, oh, well, this kid just got there. This is like his teenage years with. Phillies fans? Because, wait, he was there last year, I guess. This kid was there last year, but there were no fans in the stands. So this is effectively this guy's, like, teenage years being a, a Philly and, like, right. or or in a relationship with the Phillies fans. And when you're a teenager, you tell your parents you hate them. Like, that's part of the deal. But you love your parents, man. And that's what this is going to end up being. Is like, when this kid grows up a little bit, or it's not such a bad night, he's going to realize that maybe he already did. Hey, it's pretty I, awesome here.
3: I also thought it was kind of hard. Like, I've been in a million places where if something bad happens or I'm annoyed, I say, I fucking hate this place. I mean, like it could be like, you know, oh, the dude. lines too long in the supermarket. Oh, I yes. fucking hate this place. Like bro. like,
1: bro, I said, I hate this place yesterday. Yeah. I love this podcast. Right. Right. Like you get frustrated. Uh, you're like, I fucking hate this place. I'm not yeah. talking about your podcast, my studio. Yeah. Right. Like I probably said, I, I hate like I probably as a kid said, I hate Chuck E. Cheese at some point, like, right. It, you did. point stands. Yeah. Absolutely. I remember many. I, it was
3: probably like four or five years ago. I taped a podcast with you and then discovered like it didn't record and I messed up the recording. I can guarantee oh, you at that point. Is... I said, I fucking hate this place. Fuck, dude. I forgot about that. Like, it just it's something that comes out of your mouth when you're having a bad time. Give the guy a break.
1: Yeah, you don't hate this place. I don't hate this place. That guy doesn't hate this place. I thought that was really classy on his part and just, like, real. There was a time in Philly where I fucked up. I sacked Derek Carr, topical. Ball popped out at home. It was, like, a big game. Ball's on the ground. I don't know what's on the ground. I thought I just buried him, and I get up to celebrate. And I'm running towards the, the sideline to run off the field and the ball is loose, dude. And yeah, I remember wanted, that. Yeah. People wanted I to, remember. they were mad at your boy. And I had to just say after the game, my bad, like right. I am an idiot. Right. And I think like people appreciate authenticity. That guy being like, yes, I said that. And I don't feel that way. People do it all the time. hundred percent. I do remember that.
3: Um, another topic here. Are you watching by any chance the show severance on
1: Apple TV? Dude, my friend Bo Allen just hit me up today and said, this is the best show, maybe one of the best shows he's ever seen. All right. So I, I'm seeing like, you know, a
3: barrage of tweets about this show. So I'm like, all right, let me check it out. I, I you know, I'm a sheep. I follow blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I was out after 10 minutes. I couldn't do it because I oh, like couldn't a, do it. I couldn't do it. It's a, it's a big sci-fi. Oh, well, weird.
1: that's Bo Allen. Yeah. That makes sense. Bo's the, like you, got yeah. a fucking like a he-man costume in his closet
3: and again because i know some someone's going to take this the wrong way i'm not saying it's a bad show i'm sure it's a great show because everyone who watches it says it's great it's just not i would i after 10 minutes i'm like i don't know what's going on i'm out
1: like okay well i'll try that i've i've also in the sci-fi tip i've got dune on my list every time i want to watch dune i get i get stoned and get distracted (laughs) it's the truth dude is it your new game of thrones
3: basically
1: yeah no no because i used to watch that shit it was appointment viewing dune is i i keep it's i'm flirting with dune every week i'm gonna i say i'm gonna binge
3: winning time the hbo Lakers show and then every week i something else happens and I don't get to it. I got to,
1: have you watched that? I've, I tried it for a little bit. It was a lot of fourth wall, but my dude, Pearlman, uh, you know, basically did all the legwork that they were able to source those stories from. So I'm partial to giving it a a go. I've never been a fourth wall guy. McKay's leans into that. There was a little bit early. I hear there's less of it and I just haven't had time. So I'm looking forward to it. My parents have watched a little bit. I think they like it.
3: I like that. You're not a fourth wall guy. It's an interesting It's interesting that you're anti fourth wall Oh, dude.
1: Fucking. Yeah, dude. I'm not talking about like a podcast fourth wall or like TV fourth wall. But if I'm watching a movie, I don't like the fourth wall broken. Interesting. But what about like the office office is great because it's very unique way to break the fourth wall. Like you're living in the fourth wall like constantly. Right. But when there's a continuous action for a while and then there's like upbeat retro music And then like the guy who's walking through the hotel on the way to do the heist has to talk to the camera. I'm like, hey, man, just go do the heist. I know what you're doing. Explain the plot through the plot. I like good, honest plot development. I don't like I don't like over explaining the plot. You got me going on this. I don't like over explaining the fucking plot between characters. Uh, I don't like giving background like, but, you know, but Nancy, you've lived here 17 years. You know, like no right. one would say that to the other person. Like, just give me the plot. Honest. Don't fucking rush it. And don't break right. the fourth wall. But I might right. break that rule for for Jeff Perlman. All right. I like that. take. Yeah. All right.
3: Last topic. I'm going to let you decide. Do you want to talk about Tiger Woods or do you want to talk about oh boy. Ben Affleck proposing to JLo while she was in a bubble bath?
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't want to talk about <laughs> J Lo being proposed to in a bubble bath. I want to talk about Tiger. Woods. I just
3: seem just seems like it would be messy. That's my only issue with
1: that. I'm sure. Yeah, the the bubbles. He wasn't. Yeah, just, he just, wasn't in the bath, right? So like, it's just a me- yeah. It's too yeah. messy. Yeah, that
3: was my take when I saw that. I don't, okay.
1: No way. Yeah. Now no that way. now
3: that you're a member of the media, like y- your job is to fawn over Tiger.
1: Yeah, I didn't do that the other day, kind of, but okay. Because
3: here's what I this is my favorite thing of all, and I know, like, you know, he came back from the tragic accident, and you have to, you know, get on your hands and knees and bow down. But my favorite thing is how on the Thursday when he plays well, there's 8 billion tweets about Tiger playing well. Then, you know, Saturday comes, and I'll scroll through Twitter for two hours, I don't see one Tiger tweet. I'm like, what's going on? I go, plus six. Yeah. They don't, no one likes to tell you when Tiger's doing bad. Well, like you know, a big no-no. It's,
1: it's, I guess it is. And I think p- probably in the context of what people perceive to be a long road, whether he created it or not, like whatever happened, I think people are like, oh, it's a long road. Let's just like respect the guy that gave us like all these years of enjoyment. And it, it's true. I said this the other day. Like, he's the, one of the most interesting. Like, I forget who was on, we were talking about it, but I think that he's like the leading candidate to have a really killer biopic made on, or biopic. I have to say both every time. But Tiger is so interesting. You know, he broke into this really buttoned-up sport, and he had the challenges that he had, and he still kind of made a mess of it sometimes, and he still found a way to, like, get back up. And honestly, um, I do think he's really good for... I was watching his practice round, and people are just lining the damn... He's really good for golf, even if they just kind of wheel him out there. Like, yeah, 100%. and the casuals like me, it's I'm now a moth to light, and then I might be around Sunday. Like, right. I don't know if I'd have been around Sunday watching that. I'm not a big golf guy. If right. Tiger didn't let me know that the Masters were on, right? You know what I mean? I, just, and I, think I just, there's a lot I, of that.
3: I just get a kick out of like when he does poorly. there's
1: nobody says said anything? About. Well, it's the it's the fucking internet. Like people are right. just they're waiting to argue over something and like they'll argue over Tiger being plus 10 or something and try to rationalize why it's not that bad. He doesn't have to be the same guy he once was. He's still good for the sport. And I think, you know, like it's okay to to acknowledge that maybe some of these obstacles, he's at least had a part in creating. There was a good Tiger doc. He wasn't, I don't think he was,
3: in, but HBO Armin Contain they did one like three years ago that was really really good. If you never saw it, you should check it out. I'll I, get. You, I'll I, would you I would love yeah, to. I would mean, love to because
1: I just think you know, like we got a little taste of it. Um, what was it? Uh, what was the last uh, doc that was last year that came out? Matt's here with. What was it? The no, the Tiger Woods doc. We did a pod on it last year. That might have been the one I'm talking about. You talk, the, yeah, that you was really yeah, good. Yeah. But he claimed yeah. there was a lot of unauthorized stuff in there. Right. And the, the girl that somehow like knew everything about him was only in right. one picture. Right, right, right. Like the, the picture schools. looked like a fan picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. was all the letters between him and his high school girlfriend. Right. That's just had, the one. He, yeah. I don't think any I don't think people have a shot to be normal in that situation. So no I, I, I guess like I'm a little bit compassionate, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, he wasn't yeah. great this weekend, was he? no but you would never know that all you right. would never know you would never know chris appreciate
3: you coming on and chatting it up always fun green light pod like, day, tell everyone what days it comes out
1: uh it comes out tuesdays and fridays generally and uh yeah it'd be fun for to always of we a a all pop over
3: good guest list and everything and chris uh you put the effort in i give you credit you put full effort into that pod so it's good seeing you get some success out of you it. You
1: know, it feels good, man. It feels good yeah. to be to be up here with guys like you, my brother. I appreciate oh, stop, you. Stop, stop, stop. I appreciate All right, Chris, you. All right, Take man. it easy. Be well, buddy. buddy. Hey, All thanks,
3: right. man. Yep, thank you. See ya. All right, my thanks to Ian Eagle and Chris Long filling in for Sal Akadis. I'll be back next week. Appreciate those two guys coming on. Always a blast to speak to each of them. If you missed any recent SI Media Podcast episodes, go into the archives and check them out. Anand Virk last week, Greg Gumble Two weeks ago, Troy Aikman three weeks ago all right here on the si media podcast hit that subscribe button and uh you can give us a rate and review on apple that helps tremendously hopefully you guys enjoyed these interviews today and uh you'll find it in your hearts to uh leave a quick review all right that wraps it up for this week we'll see you next week right here on the si media podcast stay safe and take care